0: a program coming to you via the miracle of the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football a Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, celebrating Hawaiian Shirt Friday. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She's Ashley Pickle, but you weren't wearing a Hawaiian shirt earlier, which threw me off.
1: You don't have to tell people that.
0: Well, she I, wasn't. I mean, I'm
1: in it now. I'm a big fat party animal
0: uh, through well, and
1: through. That's fine. I'm I'm happy for you. Well, I have to like I have to leave after this to head down to my football game, so I went ahead and got you know game attire you got on. Got all did. I, I got all did, but then I remember before I left, I was like, oh crap. That doesn't mean that it's not Hawaiian Shirt Friday. So well, I, I got also, it to well, throw it on. So my
0: Hawaiian shirt is sitting over there.
1: Yeah, right? you're lazy. It's right there. Thank you. Yeah, that is how you be persuasive enough to convince people that Hawaiian Shirt Friday is a real thing and it needs to be celebrated. Here we go. He's only doing this to prove me wrong, which is look. Outrageous.
0: I just I, I I want to support my local library. You
1: know. I mean? Well, you can do that while being a big fat party animal. I guess that's true. That's what libraries need. They need big fat party animals to bring the people in. (laughs) I don't
0: think that's how libraries work.
1: We called our library at UNT. It's called Club Willis. It was popping.
0: By the way, we are, we'll we'll get into (laughs) nonsense here in a moment. We are presently surrounded by North Texas people.
1: Oh, it is awesome. It is
0: is an infection, an invasion. Uh, It is just like an infestation. Okay, because uh, we got two interns now, both from North Texas, and Chandra... Oh, the who, dude's from North Texas? I didn't yes! know that. Yes! Chandra, who hires these people, who hires these people, uh, introduces me to Ty, one of our interns, and I go, well, you know, I ask my kind of standard question, like, hi, Ty, I'm Greg, where, where do you go to school? So, hi, hi, I'm Dad. Greg. He, go- <laughs> um, he goes, and he goes, oh, I go to North Texas, and I look at her, I'm like, are there no
1: other colleges? Dude, UNT produces the best. What can we say? Go Mean Green. Yeah.
0: Today is Friday, August 28th, (laughs) 2020. If you can hear the disgust in my voice, that's why. God. Uh, 90 days till Thanksgiving, episode 1018. 1018, the number of at-bats for Kevin Reimer. His illustrious Texas Rangers career from 1988 to 1992. Mostly DH, sometimes left fielder, occasional right fielder for that squadron. On today's program, guys, it is Mailbag Friday. We're going to answer your questions about high school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel, food, COVID-19 Hawaiian
1: don't fears. ask us questions about COVID-19 yeah no I'm that not back. answering that crap I take that, no,
0: <laughs> actually I take that back don't ask us about the pandemic today's a good Friday uh, don't worry about that don't, yeah just you know uh, let's keep it positive uh and so yeah we will answer your questions high school football college football recruiting lifestyle romance travel food um the 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 infestation of North Texas people here uh, we will answer your questions and we'll have a very special guests coming up here uh, in just a moment to help answer those questions
1: real quick for everyone who's asking information about Fox Sports Southwest tonight we will get to that in mailbag I promise so yeah. we'll get there hang with us there's just a bunch of comments floating in right now
0: yes um, yes so uh, oh, oh do it first four through the door I'm sorry
1: we sure do it was me Saren Flynn Josh Chappa, and Lance Pickle Welcome, Ann fellas
0: That last one seems like a little bit of nepotism.
1: No, it was quite literally. He was number four. He is the fourth seed heading into Football Friday. Okay. I promise.
0: Okie dokie. Please ask your questions. We will let those kind of build up. Uh, there was uh, some high school football last night. There was football. I watched a f- decent amount of the game that Step was at, which is the Fredericksburg and Monahans game out there at San Angelo. At San Angelo Stadium. Uh, Fredericksburg put a hurt into to Monahans. Fredericksburg looks good. Um, Monahans was picked last in their district. Fredericksburg was picked, I think, third or fourth in their district. They're in the Lampasas, LBJ Canyon Lake district, and mm-hmm. they finished fourth. But Fredericksburg looked good. Um, I I thought that the broadcast from I think it was Billy's Live um, looked good. We
1: were talking about man, that. man. If it if all of the high school football well, broadcasts looked like that, I would be
0: well, and, and the thing is, uh, we had Craig Way on on Tuesday, um, and he mentioned, he was like, get used to a lot of single cams, a lot of, you know, basically like play like overlaying the radio over, over a single cam. Mm-hmm. And this was multiple cameras. They had a decent graphics package. Mm-hmm. They had,
1: it was pretty good. The commentators were good yeah, too. Yeah. I, I enjoyed I, them.
0: I thought, they, I thought it was a overall pretty, pretty solid production. I, and look, I mean, if you're going into it expecting like, the NFL? Yeah. Or you're going to it and expect Fox Sports Southwest. Uh then like, you know, you're <laughs> it's it's going to fall short of that bar. But if you go into it expecting like, okay, this is going to be a, f- a a broadcast of a high school football game uh from a a 4A school, I came away really impressed. I thought that it was from 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 that perspective. I thought it was really Well, really and
1: impressive. I said this last night too up put them on blast the that production looked better than most of the conference usa Look, games there, that are broadcast on espn 3 looking at you fiu
0: there's a lot of espn 3 stuff that that looked a lot better yeah really true and, and, fiu
1: and, okay i'm not gonna Terrible. blow up individuals oh no i am man that was some of the worst stuff i've ever seen okay
0: fine um <laughs> <laughs> cool like I'd, I'd cash paychecks from them but apparently you <laughs> won't um so the uh but there's a lot more games tonight of course we've got our viewers guide up at texasfootball.com do you want to get our guest on the phone um uh, yeah and um so we've got those going on there was football last night uh we have had a number of, of cancellations because of the hurricane Um, In fact, West Orange Stark isn't going to play next week. Both West Orange Stark and uh, Little Cypress, Marysville, and then the Woodville game. Woodville next week was scheduled to play Orangefield. Both those games have been canceled for week two because of power outages uh, down there in the Golden Triangle. So uh, we've got that. We've also got a, a decent number of games that have been canceled because of uh, COVID. I know that the – who was it? Uh, it was um, Thomas Jones, the awesome American Statesman, our friend down there, uh, tweeted that the um, – was it Teague? Oh, it's Thrall. Thrall's game tonight has been canceled because of You're coronavirus. You're a real Teague heater. Uh, I am. I, I made a joke about Teague earlier. Um, and Not <laughs> – no, that, let me, me phrase that, 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 sounds, that sounds bad. I made, I, made a, I, made, I made a high school football joke that used Teague as an example of the school that I was that I was just, this isn't helping. Uh, I wasn't making fun of
1: It me. was the first school that popped into his head. It was the first
0: school that popped into my head, so Teague is on my mind.
1: Our guest is here if you want to bail yourself out with that. Let's
0: do that. Let's go to the hotline and bring in our uh, our, our uh, high school football insider for Dave Campbell's Tech Football. I presume on the road. Are you on the road, Step? No, I'm back in Fort Worth. Oh, Matt Step. You drove back yeah. from St. Angelo last night?
2: I did. I
1: saw it I did. on Twitter.
2: I got, got in about 2 o'clock and uh, was up at 6 working for my big boy job.
1: President business. You're a psychopath. Yeah. Matt,
2: Matt also, uh, Greg, I, I, I don't appreciate you slandering Pickle uh, and questioning her integrity um, on the first floor. Um, I support you, Pickle.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Step. This Man, what a guy. What a I'm guy. I'm feeling attacked. Good.
0: I'm feeling attacked.
1: <laughs> Welcome uh, to my life every day. <laughs> Matt
0: Stepp, our Dave Campbell's Texas Football High School Football Insider, uh, uh, joins us here on Texas Football Today for Mailbag Friday. Get your questions in high school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel, food, etc. Stepp, I do want to ask you about last night. Last night was your first football game of the season. Uh, you went out to San Angelo for Monahans and Fredericksburg. Um, I, we can talk about the game if you'd like. Fredericksburg, I know, looked pretty good in their, in their win. Uh, I'm a lot more interested in the scene what was uh what was the scene like there in this uh the uh the the covid season of uh of, of football
2: well first off shout out to the monahan's booster club who bought dinner at henry's last night for me boom free dinner uh Flex. i'll take it yeah um the scene you know pre-game i went down to the field you know and 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 Mind you, it's, it's you know, 6 o'clock, 6.15, it's still really hot. I'm wearing a mask. Everybody's wearing masks. Kind of sucks. Um, but I thought, you know, uh, Coach Fred Stout, Monahans had a great point. You know, he was just like, you know, you know wearing a mask is not fun, but not playing football is more not fun. So if this is what we got to do. This is what we got to do. And I thought that was a great point. Um, you know, coaches had their, their gaiters and masks on. Trainers had masks on. Uh, that kind of thing uh aside from that it looked fairly like a normal um pre-game warm-up i looked at the water the water situation was a little bit different you know the, the fredericksburg kids were carrying out their own like gallon water jugs and they all had them like lined up on the sideline with like their numbers on them mm. and then uh monahan's had a contraption i guess a socially distanced water contraption that they had on their sidelines so that was a little different um You know, it's San Diego Stadium's a big stadium. It's twenty thousand. It seats twenty thousand. It's a large stadium. So it's a Thursday night game. There wasn't bands there. So the crowd was small. So everybody was pretty socially distanced. Um, Everybody had masks on for the most part in the stands. Not everyone, uh, but most people did. So uh, you know, once the game got started, it was just you know, it felt like a football game, which was kind of nice.
0: Well, that's that's good. That's. The positive that's that's very that's positive and uh we will uh of course uh see how things shake out on this the first friday night of the texas high school football season uh it is mailback friday that's why we've brought you on um i mean we brought you on because we like you but we've also brought you thanks on I appreciate it to get some work i like you, you. step um let's, thanks, let's get to some questions uh do we have any questions in the comments miss pickle
1: um we sure do let's start off with uh vincent asked what are y'all's thoughts on wall versus e- Eastland tonight uh, a possible postseason matchup yeah so mark? this
0: is an interesting matchup here uh, of course we talked about it on teppen step I believe um big clash in styles here we've got the air raid uh, uh offense from uh, uh from, from Eastland going up against the flexbone offense from wall um it is going to be uh it, it's an interesting matchup uh, of course uh we we will find out there have been some there have been some rumblings that I have heard that, that Eastland could be without a couple of key players. I don't know what that situation is for sure. Uh, but we will of course have team coverage for you. That's one of our spotlight games on football Friday tonight. Uh, but that is obviously, that would obviously be uh, change the game. But what, I, what, what strikes me about this game step is, is the clash in styles.
2: Yeah. I think that the key in this one is, is, is obviously the rumblings we've heard, which players could be impacted because obviously Eastland has uh, Uh, one very big name and their quarterback baron morton the texas tech commit um so you know if he's not available to play tonight that obviously to me pretty much nullifies anything i would see in this game um from an eastland standpoint so what i want to see from wall is is how how efficient their offense is and um with the with the you know the quarterback i believe his name is morrison uh, who took over last year late in the year um after the injury, how, how much better he is at running their flex offense. I think Wall's the favorite. They, they're just so much better up front, a little bit more depth. Uh, but I want to see how crisp Wall is and how efficient. If Wall runs for like 400 yards and you're averaging like seven, eight yards a carry, then I think that's midseason form and you'll feel pretty good about Wall. But if they struggle, they're struggling and they're averaging only you know, two, three yards a pop running the ball, then I think that would be a a sign of uh, early season sloppiness. Well,
0: what's, what's, what's interesting. And I say this a lot about, about offenses, like the flex bone there is, is they don't throw. And yet the quarterback is the most important part of that offense. Um, that, like, Mason Fuchs, uh, of course, did a fantastic job last year running the flex bone offense, and then he got hurt, and you kind of saw the offense kind of fall apart a little bit. So, uh, or at least struggle a little bit more down the stretch. So, uh, I'm interested to see how they replace him and, and what the offense looks like there for a wall. That's my big question. What is next, Miss Pickle?
1: All right, a game that, man, has been changed 8,000 times. Uh, <sighs> what is the thought on La Vega and Calhoun? I'm going
0: to let Step take this one. This, is, uh, this was going to... This is a pretty fast, I know. He this, was
1: gonna be one of the games, correct? Yeah,
0: this was going this is your first overall pick in Teppin Step too.
2: Yes, it was. I'm a number one pick. Uh, top five matchup in four A D one. Um, you know, La Vega number one, Calhoun's number five in our rankings. Um, very interested to see um, that La Vega defense against the Calhoun offense. Uh, Calhoun, you know, we, we say Calhoun's part of the slot team mafia and they kind of are, but but Coach Whitaker calls his offense the flying veer. And and it's really um, an offense that's hard to stop and hard to prepare for. for. But Don Hyde and La Vega, they have have a history – of shutting down and completely stuffing these kinds of offenses. You look at what La Vega's done against Liberty Hill in the past. You know, Liberty Hill's one of the best at the slot T. La Vega's completely shut it down. Calhoun's a little bit different challenge just because they do things a little bit differently and they are a little more athletic at the skill positions. They've got a really speedy quarterback and a new quarterback this year who's moving over from the defensive side of the ball. Um, He's going to be he's going to be running the offense. Steve Johnson's back. So Calhoun's going to have a little bit more um, athleticism at the skill spots. But La Vega is still so dominant and so fast. And this is for Calhoun. This is La Vega is going to be the fastest team they've played since Calhoun was in that district with Lamar Consolidated and Richmond Foster and Angleton and those types of teams. Uh, So the the challenge for Calhoun is going to be containing the big play uh, uh ability of the La Vega Pirates offense. I like La Vega in this game I think they're the number one team in the state for a reason um, but I'll be interested to see if Calhoun keeps this thing close I think that will absolutely justify uh, their top five ranking.
0: What I think is really interesting about this matchup is that uh, you have the you have this 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 totally unique offense in in Calhoun that, that basically nobody else runs and uh, and and La Vega found out they were playing them on Monday. So they found out, like, they haven't had a full offseason to prepare. They, they've, they've had four days to, to, to prepare for this offense. What's interesting, though, is that if you were to look at La Vega, the strength of their defense looks like it's the linebacker core, with DeMarquise Hayes, Jordan Rodgers up there. Well, they are the ones who are going to be tested. It's, 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 it's a weird strength-on-strength matchup. Uh, and and I, I think on stuff I called it a pop quiz, uh, for this uh, for this La Vega defense that you are suddenly going to have to find you're gonna find out just how good this this linebacker core is. Because here's the thing if La Vega comes out and shuts down Calhoun then like maybe La Vega's even better than we thought they were. Uh, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. one of the that's one of the 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 possibilities. This is also one of those things that and, and maybe I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth but I do think that if Calhoun is able to like really run their offense really well and stuff like that and and La Vega doesn't have any answer for them, I don't know if I'm gonna necessarily panic because of the strange circumstances surrounding this game that this game was made on Monday, that they don't have any film on them. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily look at a uh, a loss more than I would say uh, than, than, you know that, that I would say that that's necessarily panic time for Love
2: the one thing to keep in mind is Calhoun did not scrimmage that they haven't had a scrimmage or anything so they're they're this is really their first action against another uh, uh, opponent yeah. so they, there could be some extra sloppiness from the yeah. Calhoun side oh, and well.
0: that's that's one thing to mention and, and probably a caveat for everything going mm-hmm. on tonight is that like remember this is week one week one always looks sloppy and then this is also week one when teams have had as little practice as they've ever had. So I would expect uh a little bit of a mess out there at whatever game you're at if a team looks really crisp that would be pretty surprising at this point so uh anyway there's that what's next pickle? all
1: right thoughts on Lavernia and Quero
0: I am super interested in this game for a couple of reasons I think this is a I think this is two teams that struggled last year kind of uncharacteristically struggled um, that are looking to that I think really it's really important for both of them to start fast. It's really important for both of them to start on the good foot. The Jack Alvarez era starts at Cuero. Uh They are they were super young last year. He inherits a team that's got a lot of experience. Lavernia kind of quietly went I think five and six last year. Just it's not up to their standards. This is a really really interesting squad that I uh, interesting game that that I think from a mental perspective step. From a mental perspective, both these teams really want to start 1-0, uh, and, and, and and only one of them can. That's what makes this game particularly interesting to me.
2: Yeah, and, and you've got, obviously, this is Quarrel's first game under Jack Alvarez, so that whole aura of the game is kind of over it as well. Um, you're right, both these teams, I think, uh, would really like to get off to a good start and, and kind of felt like last year... We, I, absolutely, last year was below both of their standards. Um, I think Lavernia gets the edge just on on, on continuity experience. Again, this is Quero's first game. Uh, under the J- the Jack Alvarez offense, uh, which you know he hates it when you call it the wing tee, he just likes to call it "I run it and throw it where they ain't." Um, <laughs> that's kind of his his terminology for the offense. Um, and, and but it, that that offense takes a little time to 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 learn. And again, this is week one, and this is a new system for the Gobblers, and and the Gobblers are still a little bit young. I think Lavernia, with their continuity in their schemes and systems, and I think the experience they have returning a quarterback gives them the edge in this one.
0: Uh, it's it's a really interesting game. i I think that's a that's a, a sneaky game that because I think the records last year, I mean these are two teams that combined for eight wins last year. It's like that kind of flies under the radar, but we we also know that those programs are significantly better than last year indicated. And as a result, that's what makes this game interesting. What's next, Miss Pickle?
1: How about we hit Stevenville versus Sweetwater? Uh, I know you're big on Sweetwater, right? <laughs>
2: I am. I am. I think Sweetwater offensively is going to really be good the next couple of years. Um, but I, I'm big on Stephenville yeah. too. I think Stephenville has a chance to really surprise some folks this year if they can settle on the quarterback situation. They yeah. graduated a Division one quarterback, um, but it been out. Granted, Stephenville generally has no problems developing quarterbacks, so I'm not too worried about that. Um, but I, I'm interested to see Sweetwater. So I think Sweetwater in Division Two is really going to be a team that that they surprised people last year towards the end of the year and got into the playoffs. And you know, you talk um, to Coach McGee at, at Sweetwater. You, you know, off you know off the record last year, you probably felt like getting to the playoffs was maybe a year early. Um, so they, they're kind of ahead of schedule and I, I think the Mustangs have a chance to really be potent. Uh, but I think Stephenville, it, as long as they get good quarterback play, I think they get the edge in this one um, because they're pretty good um, across the board. Gavin Roundtree is a really versatile player who does a lot for the Jackets.
0: Uh, one thing that I think goes under the, under the radar here, second year under Sterling Doty there at Stephenville. Um, I think having that same voice in the room, I think will help the, the Stephenville at least early and I think that'll be helpful to them. Uh, this is a game, so the computer has sw- uh Stephenville by 23. That's a game. This is a game where I think the computer computer rankings are obviously based, or the computer projections are obviously based on our computer rankings. The computer rankings are based on, you know, we obviously don't have any data on the field yet. That would strike, this strikes me as one of those games that, I do. I like Stevenville in this one, but it strikes me as one of those games. I would be pretty surprised if it was uh, if it was decided by that much. I think that this is a closer game than that uh, because I do think Sweetwater is going to take that step forward. Um, but yeah, I think this. Is, I think this does have a chance to be pretty high scoring. Um, you know, uh, Sweetwater and and, and Stevenville both have offenses that could hum uh, if they can get on track early. Then this could be pretty high scoring. What's next, Miss Pickle?
1: Uh, Brent Homan, interested in Graham versus Alvarado.
0: Oh, Brent Homan's interested in Graham game. Who would have thought? Uh, Shocking! I'm I'm stunned. I'm (laughs) stunned. Um, I like Graham in this one. I I like Graham in general. Um, I think that this was a team last year that took their lumps. Um, and, and they're, they're coming back, especially on the defensive side, uh, pretty hardy and pretty battle tested. Um, a lot of this comes down to, um, you know, they bring back the key components on the offense in that they bring back their running back, uh, Gilbertson, Daniel Gilbertson, running, and their quarterback, Hunter Lanham. My question is going to be the nuts and bolts around those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offensive line has got to come together. Um, I think that they have a chance to, to really make some noise. Alvarado is an interesting squad that I, I think is, m- my initial feel for Alvarado is that's a team that has some growing to do. Uh, especially offensively. That offense got, like, wiped out by graduation. Um, I think that this is an example of a game that because it's in week one is a poor matchup for Alvarado. I would be interested in circling back in five weeks and playing this game again uh but yeah, I, mean, I think Al, I mean, alvarado sneaky them under
2: and they, they last year went nine and three yep. in division one they're, they're kind of you know very quiet nine and three record but you're right there er, this matchup being week one big edge to graham um and this one just because of the timing i, I do i think if they played in week five or week six mm-hmm. i think it'd be a really close ball game um <clears throat> i think graham gets the edge just because of, of the experience it's week one and generally in week one you lean towards the team's uh, with the superior experience and continuity, Alvarez with just one offensive starter back um, is really gonna gonna probably I, I imagine struggle or early on just kind of getting getting their feet under them in the first couple weeks of this yeah, season. Yeah, I,
0: I agree with that. So, all right, what's next, Pickle? By the way, if you have questions, high school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance. This is Texas Football Today. We're doing Mailback Friday. We're answering your questions on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Campbell's. If you're watching us on TexasFootball.com. Please open a new tab. Go to facebookcom Campbells and ask us questions. So you can ask us there. Uh, also, I guess we should probably run down uh, about Fox tonight, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. We need to kind of tell tell them the schedule. Yes. Um, of things.
0: So tonight uh, is the premiere, uh, the season premiere of Football Friday. Uh, powered by Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Uh, it will be myself, Aaron Hartigan, CT Steckel, and Coach Ken Purcell breaking down three hours of whip around coverage of high school football all across the state. We will have uh, uh, reporters in the field, including Miss Pickle. Pickle, no. you're going to be at
1: Cameron Yo and Mejia.
0: Cameron Yo and Mejia, the Tristan Abram debut.
1: Which will be the next question? It'll be a fun <laughs> game.
0: Um, and then, uh, so yeah, there's that. That's eight to eleven. Uh, we did toy around. To tell you a little bit about behind the scenes, we did toy around with, like, because there's fewer games, we, we thought about, like, starting it later or, or starting it, you know, shortening the, the schedule. We ended up being like, you know what? We can talk. That's fine. You We're know? junkies. We, keep we can keep this stream. going. Pull the string. We'll, we'll be able to fill that out. And then we will have uh, the premiere of the Emmy Award-winning High School Scoreboard Live with Rick Renner, Craig Way, and myself coming up at 11 o'clock tonight. Um, so stay up late with us. Uh, your mom says it's okay. Uh, so...
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm the last hit of the night. So, uh Fox
0: Sports Southwest. Stay tuned <laughs> tonight. Turn it on and leave it on and sports with us. So, there's that. What's next pickle?
1: Um we're going to circle back around to that that game that I will be at uh Cameron Yeo at Mejia.
0: Cameron Yeo and Mejia. Um Steph, I want your thoughts on this. I, I want to I hear the, the step the step thoughts on on Cameron New on Mejia.
2: Bullish on Mejia this year. I really think Mejia with 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 the skill players they have coming back. You know, this is a class that Frank Sandoval told me was really hard to leave um, because he really felt like uh, Mejia had a chance to be really good this year. Um, I know they've got they've they're running. I can't think of the running back's name, but I know he is a player. He is he is a dude, and I I think Mejia at home. I think really chomping at the bit to make a good impression for in Coach Abrams' debut. I think they get a little bit of the edge here against you. I, I like Mahia to, to get this this victory over what I think is still a good Yo team, but a Yo team that has a few question marks.
0: Yeah, Yo is an, is another team that's, that's pretty young. Uh, they lose a, a fair number of, of their key pieces. They do have some... Um, I think they're going the Zachorian spikes are receiver is is, is strong that they they should have a, a pretty solid defensive front 7 uh, with Eduardo Gill, Fabian Solomon, uh, Zane Zeiner. Uh, you mentioned Jurell Wiley, the, the yeah. running back from Haya. Um it, and and yeah, this is I think that one of the things that, that this will answer the question to is like obviously the uh, Tristan Abram coming in, he got hired uh basically what'd you say? He you he got
1: about- hired a week before spring break. So he was there for a week and then obviously they right. never came back. Right.
0: <laughs> Needless to say, Tommy Brashear has been there at, at Cameron Yeo, uh, head coach for five years. He's been there for a long, long time. Coach guys know him. How much do you value? a uh in, in this weird off season, how much do you value the continuity at the coaching spot? That's one question in this. But yeah, I think that look, you know, I, I think that this is this could be a real statement here for Mejia, That they come out and they win this game over a perennial I know it's a four A over a three A, mm-hmm. but if they come out and they, they they get a win over a perennial Central Texas contender in in their debut with so much going on, I think that would really send a statement that they're they're for real.
1: Well, and they also said that, one, this game is really weird because, kind of like we were talking about earlier, Mejia was not able to get a scrimmage in, Mm -hmm. so this will quite literally be the first time that they're stepping out onto the field as a team under Abron and so neither of the coaches traded film, so Brashear said that this was the first time he's ever gone into a varsity game completely blind like this, so that'll be another added factor that goes into this game. this, this is a pick 'em game.
2: I want to see what offense Mahea comes out in. Yep. You know, coach Abron is a defensive coach by trade. He's not married to an offensive system. He ran the slot T at Pewitt, but when he was a coach at Sulphur Springs, they were a spread team. Mm-hmm. So. Abram, being a defensive coach, is not really married to an offensive system. So I really want to see, and I may have to pick Pickle's brain on this uh, Monday, is what offense Mahia, what offensive system Mahea comes out in. Do they come out in slot T as the devil, or do they come out in what? My guess is maybe more of a power spread look, but um, there's a lot of variables there. And With no scrimmage, it's really a big unknown for Yo.
1: It should be a good one.
0: We're excited. We'll have team coverage on Fox Sports Southwest tonight. What's next?
1: Um, Let's go with, how about Decatur at Argyle? Yeah,
0: really interesting game. Decatur. um, That, look, uh, look, I I don't need to tell you guys that we like Argyle. Argyle's ranked second in 4A Division 2, or 4A Division 1, rather. Um, We like Argyle a lot. Um, They have, this is a question that I think is so interesting for both these teams, that there's so many other pieces that we really like. I love what Argyle brings back defensively. Like I think with Jasper Lot and with uh, and 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 uh, with all these guys, like I like I like the defense they bring back. I think the offensive line has a chance to be great. I think Tito Bice is really good. I think the receiver Cole Kirkpatrick is a star. All these things. On the decatur side, it's similar. There's a lot of pieces that I really, really like about this team. Um, I, I I really think that their offense has a chance to be good. Uh, I think that I think that David Juarez is ready for a breakout year at the receiver spot. I think Landry Phipps is a star at the defensive on the defensive side. But for both of them, they have the same question, which is what are they going to do under center? And I know that they feel. I know Argyle feels good about C.J. Rogers. I know that uh, I know that Decatur feels good about Landon Howell, but this is their first real, like, I mean, they've both gotten some cleanup action, but this is like their first real start. And that's, that's going to be interesting. In week one of a, of a crazy offseason, that's a huge question for both of these teams.
2: I, I agree. I, I think both both teams with questions at quarterback, I think Argyle has a lot fewer questions. Mm-hmm. And I think at the positions that Argyle doesn't have the questions at, they're a lot better than Decatur at those spots. Um, so that's why I think, I think Argyle, you know, I think that offensive line and T-Dope, I think Argyle is going to be able to run the ball at will yeah. against the Decatur defensive front. And I think Argyle... Uh, kind of manhandles dictator in this the, one.
0: The computer has Argyle by 12. Uh, I would say, yeah, I think this is a two-score game. I like Argyle in this one, mm-hmm. uh, especially at home. But, uh, but this is a game that, that we're going to get a lot of a lot of questions answered, and that's what I'm most interested in. What's next, Miss Pickle?
1: I like this one from Joseph. We've talked a lot about the big games that are being highlighted, but what game is a sleeper game to watch tonight? Mm, ooh. I um, like that one. Ooh. This is fun. Well,
2: our, our hipster, uh, I mean, I, I know my hipster pick was... Um, uh, Alpine at Fort Stockton, just because of the rivalry aspect of that one. And, you know, let's shout out Alpine a little bit. Um, I think uh B-ville Jones and Bernie is a slept on game. And I think Belleville and Giddings is another game. Those are about three games that I think are being slept on. Belleville, Giddings is interesting. I think nobody's
0: really talking about Lexington and West. Um, I'll be there
2: tonight. That's where I'm going to
0: be tonight. I think Lexington and West has a chance to be really fun, especially if West is going to be uh, as good as we think that, th- that they're going to be. Um, Another game. Let me make sure I shout out one more game. Let me look up and down here. Um, yeah, I'm interested in Winking Cristoval. I think Wink and Cristoval is 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 underrated, and you know we've got high hopes for Wink. I think Cristoval's a bit of a sleeper. Um, I am interested in Wink and Cristoval tonight as well. So
1: you know, oh, Paul Roberts saying uh, shallow water and Abernathy.
0: Shallow water, uh, Abernathy. Lot of questions for for on on Abernathy. Mm-hmm. Lot yeah. of questions on Abernathy, yeah. and that's and and that's that's a, that's an interesting game spe- specifically because I want to see how they answer those questions. Uh, because Abernathy was obviously really good last year. They've been good the past couple of years, but they have huge holes to fill, not the least of which is Bryson Daly at the quarterback spot. So uh, that's a game that, that flies under the radar uh, that I'm, I'm interested in. So, yeah, there's that. Okay, what is next, Miss Pickle?
1: Uh, Tony Venegas. Tepper, this will be a question for you, covering uh, Rankin and Balmoray tonight.
0: Yeah! What do you think? Um, Rankin and Balmoray is a big game. This is our six-man spotlight game. If you go to the picks, uh, our picks, uh, our, our mega preview, Granger Huntress of sixmanfootball.com, our six-man football insider, who will join us on Monday, by the way, on Texas football today. Um, we will... Uh, that is his game of the week. This is our number one versus number one. It's Rankin versus Balmare. Uh Rankin is a squad that um, it feels like they've been building to this. Um, this is a team that I think is is ready for prime time. They, they only graduated, uh, boy, I want to say... Five guys from last year's team and only one starter. Deshaun Goodley, their running back, is is going to be a strong uh, Braxton Kirkland at the linebacker spot. Balmeray, of course, the the legendary coach, Vance Jones, uh, he feels like last year they took their lumps, even though they were pretty darn good, and now they're going to be ready for prime time. This is an interesting matchup specifically because these are two title contenders that we're going to get an early read on. Mm Mm-hmm. I lean a little bit towards Rankin. I think Rankin's the early pick in this one. Um I think they're they've got a few more question a uh, few uh, a few fewer questions to answer uh and especially I believe this game is in Rankin and as a result I like uh, the Red
1: Devils. They're ranking a little bit higher than Balmer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steph, we lost Tepper. Anyway. That's
2: all right. Good job, Pickle. Thank you. I support you, you in that I, joke.
1: <laughs> I tried. Uh, Steph, what are your thoughts on Midlothian Heritage and Hershey?
2: Uh, questions for both. Um, I, I, you know, I talked to some folks uh, at the, after the Brock screenings from Midlothian Heritage, and I, I think, um, I don't think Midlothian Heritage looked quite as good as, as they're used to. I think there's a lot more questions with the Jaguars this year than usual. Uh, Hershey was real young last year the first-year head coach Antonio Wiley. Um, I think they should be a lot better in year two. And they've got a sophomore running back that I think you need to keep an eye on. I think I think that he could be – I don't want to say he's going to be the next our funky president, DeMarquay Foster, mm. um, but I do think he's got a chance to really put up some big-time numbers as a sophomore uh, for the Huskies. And actually, this is a matchup of two teams that I'm going to see next week if you look ahead i'm going to see hershey on thursday and heritage on friday so uh, kind of a look ahead matchup for me as well so i'll be keeping an eye on that one
0: when you take a look at wichita falls area um i think actually and this is just a broader a broader conversation about this i like normally with wichita falls they all kind of take turns and it's like Every team's every team gets a chance to, to have the juice. A couple of years ago, with with when Foster was really humming, Hershey had the juice. Um, uh, Rojo Ryder has obviously been great. Uh, you know, Wichita Falls has has tremendous history. Generally, they take turns. I think this could be a great year in Wichita Falls for all three of them. I think I think the talent that they've got up there right now in Wichita Falls, uh, you know, if you were to, you'd probably rank them Ryder Hershey.
2: Old High, but I think all three of them have a chance to be really good. Yeah, I mean, you look at it. Last year, Old High made it to the third round of the. We, we had an All Wichita Falls ISD Regional semifinals. Yeah, Old High made it to the regional semifinals and lost to Ryder in the third round. So uh, I do think for Wichita Falls ISD, um, they have a chance to be really good. And you throw in City View, who I think has a chance to be good in three AD two. Iowa Park um, is always solid, and I think Winthorce is due for a big year. So it should be a good year uh, up there for the Wichita Falls area. I think so, too. All right, what's next, Pickle?
1: Um, I like this one from Tony Blaylock. He said, what team that's a major favorite, for example, you can take Needville over Livingston, um, like a major favorite like that, what can they take away from a week week one game this year?
0: Um, I think the biggest thing for big favorites is to come out and play a clean game. Mm -hmm. Come out. Don't get dumb penalties. Don't get something that's going to embarrass you on film. Um, things like that. That's the biggest thing. So, like, uh, let's take an example. Um, uh, okay. Let's see. Uh, okay. Sweeney's a big favorite over Bay City Night. That game's still happening, right?
2: 2020. Yes. 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 So,
0: Sweeney's a big favorite <laughs> of Bay City Night. If I'm Sweeney... I want to go out there and obviously win the game. That's important. But I also think I want to go out there and I want to play a clean game. I don't want any false starts. I don't want any offsides. I don't want any substitution penalties. I want special teams to look good. I want things to look sharp. Those are the things that I'm looking for in a week one game, especially if I feel like I can go out there and win the game.
2: Yeah, I think that's completely, completely what what you should look for. If you if you come out and you get a big win, the next thing you want to look at is you know how. The mistakes, penalties, turnovers, mental errors—that that you're gonna see. But if you can limit that in week one, that's that's the that's the biggest positive you can take away. But also, in the same token, I think if you do see that, I wouldn't be too alarmed after one week just because of the unique circumstances this year. But I think you should be encouraged if you see um, as little of it as possible.
0: Can we go back eight minutes ago and and because I just thought of another like kind of under the radar game that I'm that I'm really into. Sure. I'm really into Stratford and Spearman. Mm-hmm. I'm really into Stratford and Spearman. Uh, Stratford's your favorite, but Spearman's got some juice and and that could be fun. Spearman's at home. Anyway, it's, that's eight minutes ago. Uh, what's next, Pickle?
1: Um, this is a game that was definitely in the picks video. What is your input on Tidehaven versus Weimer?
0: Yeah, another kind of sneaky under-the-radar game. And I think a super evenly matched game. Um, I'm pretty bullish on both these teams and i think and and i know you're i know you're a, a, a david lucio stan a step
2: i am coach lucio does a great job at tide haven tide haven's been a program that i think um before he took over had been, really been kind of a doormat and i think he's just yeah. kind of instilled he's coach lucio has a really fun attitude about things he, he's just kind of a a, a guy who 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 I think just kind of has a unique perspective on things and has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder c- because I think haven has been down for so long. I think he's kind of instilled that kind of unique attitude in his kids, and haven has been a lot better for it since he arrived. Um, so I, I think that's that's been a, a big thing, a big thing for for the Tigers in recent years. Um, Weimers are really good 2A Division I team, but they're in a brutal district, though. That's that's the thing yeah. that I worry about a Weimer, um, is making sure they get through this non-district slate and, and as, are as completely healthy as possible because of the uh, absence absolute gauntlet they'll have to yeah. run once district play starts
0: they're in that shiner ganedo weimer uh Flatonia schulenberg district that'll be really tough but the other thing um the one thing i'll say about weimer and 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 i think you can really you can't it's hard to say this about other teams this is probably not fair but i will say this weimer is super super athletic at like the skill spots uh, really, they've got some dynamos out there. Joey Ramirez, the quarterback, Jose Ramirez, uh, the wide receiver, uh, Reed Purdy. They are really, really dynamic. And for Tidehaven, they got to find a way to slow that down and, 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 and kind of. M- Tidehaven wants to get out and run too, but they, they need to muck up whatever uh, Weimer wants to do. That's a super interesting game that I think falls into that kind of sleeper category of like, man, that could be really fun. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see how Tidehaven and Weimer shakes out. Um, all right, twelve forty. Let's do three more.
1: Three more. All right. We have talked about sleepers, kind of under the same umbrella there. But what game should be put on upset alert tonight?
0: <sighs> mm, well, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to like identify <laughs> like upsets in week one. But if you're looking for one,
1: it would literally be if one of those like teams that should win by like thirty points just went out there and absolutely
0: all right. pooped. I'll throw this out there. I'll throw this up. I'll throw this up. Um I think Dangerfield's on an upset watch. They get Atlanta this week and they got to go to Atlanta and and this is this just continues to step our three-year trend of being like this is Atlanta's year.
2: Yeah. We're just yeah. going we're just going to
0: keep saying it until it's true. Um, I think Atlanta at, at maybe has the juice to to knock off Dangerfield in week 1. Um, I would also throw out Hmm. I don't know if you have one.
2: I, I got one. Yeah. I got one that I think could – I think Midlothian Heritage and Hershey is upset alert. Um, Heritage is favored by 16. I think that spreads Oof. a little oh. rich for my blood. Um, I could see uh, Wichita Falls-Hershey maybe even winning that game outright. Um, and I th- keep an eye on La and Lakeview. Um, Lakeview is favored by 20, 25 in our projection. I think I think Lamisa has a chance to not only to keep that game. And I hate sound like I'm talking about covering spreads, but when you're looking at our, our projections, that's what it is in essence. Uh, I think Lamisa has a chance not only not only to keep it close, but potentially uh, pull off the upset against San Angelo late. Right, I
0: got one. I got an upset one, and it, it pains me to say this because mm-hmm. you know how I feel about San Saba. But but uh, they get El Eldor- they get El tonight, and they're serious. That's a that's a Good, good El Dorado team that, um, you know, last year was a 10-win team. They do, you know, they, they've got Corbin Covarrubias at the quarterback spot. Um, and I think they, I think since Abba, who has some major holes to fill, like since Abba's in, you know, they lose some big time playmakers. Keep an eye on that one. That one's, that one's on my upside watch. Two more.
1: Two more. All right, let's head down to the coastal bend. And what about oh. Corpus Christi Miller and Tolosa Midway?
2: Um, I, I think Miller rolls. I think Miller rolls too. Um, so I, t, I think Coach Miller at TM has done a good job and has got them as competitive as possible. Uh, but they just don't have they don't they don't have the dudes. Miller's, to, a, um, Miller's a different animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Mil- just I don't think they have the dudes.
0: No, I think I think Miller's just a different animal, and I think that yeah, I I would say Miller.
2: Are they playing this one? Aren't they in the same district? Are they playing a non-district game tonight? Uh, because they're in the same district. I wonder if they're playing – because I know Columbus and Hempstead are doing the same thing um, this week playing a district game, but it's non-district because they couldn't – I think, it, yeah, they're in the same district. Yeah, so this are. is this weird district um, non-district game that's actually uh, two teams in the same district.
0: Yeah. Uh, now, I do think – I'll say this. Because TM has a, for, a, for a while been the doormat – they're in Corpus Christi. They've been. They've been. They've been bad. I do think the arrow is pointing up. I do think that they are trending in a positive way.
2: Yeah, but... Coach Miller's done an excellent job, and they were six and four last year. I want to say, which is for them, for them really it's good. unbelievable.
0: Because yeah. uh, I mean, they're they they are traditionally. The, over the past few years have been pretty bad. They are trending up, but this is this is a different animal. And I would say the Miller's probably a big favorite. Do we have an ender?
1: We do. It is the only non-football question that we will answer on Love this lovely Friday. Meese asked, what is the worst job you have ever had? And if you don't want to talk about your worst job, you can talk about your first job. So worst um, or first?
2: Ooh. Uh, for me, I, I really haven't had any jobs that I just felt like I, I hated except working for tepper um that's tough but you know tough but we fair. manage <laughs> <Tough> but <fair. laughs> just uh my first job actually was at Waterburger, but it was a whataburger that was not open 24 hours a day we closed at 10 o'clock because we in the e-block baby and uh yeah things got a little rough after 10 o'clock at night so we did not stay up 24 hours a day
0: i had a job for one day um oh, my. I it was like a friend it was like a friend of a like friend of a friend got me a job when I was in high school, assembling trophies, that like I would take the things and I would like just put things together and stuff like that and that job stunk that for job one not, whole day I I worked and I think that there was a mutual agreement that I was both bad at it and I didn't want to do it and so we were just like why don't we why don't we just pay you for the day uh, and, and, then and you can see your way out you can get going that would be my worst job I think
1: my. F- I don't think, I haven't really had like a terrible job. My first job was uh, my dad, his, one of his, my dad played college golf and one of his buddies owned a... Uh,
2: humble Humblebrag,
0: humblebrag. Humblebrag, humblebrag, goat. Humble <laughs>
1: uh, one of his buddies owned a, some lake cabins um, in the town that I grew up in. And so, yeah, I was a maid for the lake cabins, which there were times when that was god awful, but... Realistically, I only had to go in and work like four to five hours a day during the summer, and as a 16-year-old, and I was getting paid like 15 bucks an hour. Golly! So it was it was awesome, and then I could go to the lake for the rest of the day and just hang out. So yeah, there don't don't leave gross things laying around in hotel rooms or cabins or stuff. Like pick up after yourself, cause that's terrible.
2: That's just a good life lesson yeah. in general. Clean up after yourself. Yeah. It's, it's just—it's called not being a yeah. heathen. I've got, I've got a we're, coffee uh, mug. We're humans, and we're better than I've that. got a
0: can over here.
1: Yeah, uh, Tepper is a heathen in the studio. He leaves all crap things. everywhere. All,
0: all <laughs> uh, Step, you're going to be – what's your. What's the rest of your weekend look like?
2: Uh, so tonight I am headed to Lexington, for west at Lexington. Sneaky good 3A game down in Central Texas. My first ever visit to a football game at Lexington, of course – I've been to Lexington many times for Snow's Barbecue, though, Mm -hmm. Um, so I will go to Lexington tonight, and then tomorrow I am headed to Karn City for Marion at Karn City, a game that was scheduled this week because Kennedy was playing Karn City originally, but Kennedy uh, had to cancel due to a couple of COVID cases, so Marion, who had a bye this week, didn't have a game, uh, jumped in and was playing Karn City, so... Uh, it'll be the debut for Carn City head coach Daniel Olschlegel, the yes, uh, former Richland assistant, coach and Cal, Cal Allen alum. Yes. I, that... think, I think Danaher might be there, – there's a rumor that Danaher may be uh, at the game Saturday night, so I'll make sure to uh, ask Coach Danaher about his, his friend, Greg Tipper.
1: Carn <laughs> right City is kind of over by Mahia, right? It's not far.
2: No, Carn City is down like south of San is there Antonio. A diff- you're a K-E-R
1: yeah. – yeah.
2: That's Kearns. You're thinking Kearns. of Kerns. Okay. Kerns. Okay. Of yeah. You're thinking Kearns. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Gotcha.
2: Step. Safe travels. Thanks. We'll. We'll. Let's football tonight. What do you say? Uh. Let's
0: football as hard as we can. Bye. <laughs> Bye. That was awkward. Awkward goes. dismount. There he goes. <laughs> Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider joining us <laughs> here for Mailbag Friday, and that is going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks to Matt Stepp for being our guest. If you go to a game tonight, be smart, be safe.
1: Wear your masks. Wear your
0: darn mask, you people. Easy. Jerks. Just wear your masks. Just, just be.
1: Just, you need people keep, to watch you on TV tonight. Be nice to them. And
0: watch Fox Sports Southwest. <laughs> And,
1: uh, He'll be a lot nicer around there than he is be on here. Nice.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Be smart. Everybody be safe. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. I did that already. For should pick on Garg Tappenovitz Young. Please <laughs> get play with your trophy. We'll see you Monday on Texas Football Today.